So we hear these wonderful words of Malachi, see, I am sending my messenger. And as uh, Corin read for us in that introduction, the word Malachi, or the name Malachi, actually means my messenger. So it would be a little funny, you would think, for Malachi to say, see, I'm sending me uh, to tell you everything that you need to know. But when we hear about this sending and what's going to happen with all of that, and, and we hear what Malachi is talking about, about this purification that is going to happen. And I've said many times, and I think it's worth repeating here again, as Malachi talks to the people about what's going to happen with their offerings and what happens in their lives, he talks then about righteousness. And it's so important for us to always understand that we can have this sense of righteousness as being the way we do everything right. That's one way we could interpret that, that we follow everything to the letter and that we actually then can find out that we puff ourselves up a little bit because we become self-righteous in the midst of that. We let people know that we are doing everything correctly and as it should be done. But that's not really what Malachi is talking about here. When Malachi is talking to the people about their righteousness, he's extending this idea of the kind of relationship that we have with God. This understanding of righteousness was not so much connected to following the law as it was to just opening ourselves up to understanding that God wants more than anything to be in a relationship with us. Now, certainly we know that relationship can be strengthened when we follow the words of the law, but it's not really the point. The point isn't following the law. The point is opening ourselves up for this relationship that we can have with God. And so, as we hear Malachi talk about that, we, Malachi might say that we could use a little a little scrubbing in the midst of that. He talks about the way that you would purify silver, that is you would heat it up, and then the impurities of the silver would kind of rise to the top of whatever vessel it's in, and you could skim it off so that you have something more pure. Or he talks about fuller soap. Anybody remember from your youth the, the fuller soap man, uh, fuller brush man or whatever, coming to your home and bringing all of that? That's what we're talking about here, but this wouldn't have been the average soap. And if your clothes were a little dirty, you would just take them down to the river, you know, rub them on a rock or whatever, clean them up. But the fuller would be taking your material that you really need to get bleached, that you really need to get pure. And that's what Malachi is talking about here. The fuller soap is a very, a very harsh kind of soap that would get the oils out of the wool and all of that that needs to happen. So that we understand this concept of purity a little bit, but again, not for purity's sake, but so that it opens us up to understand the relationship that God wants to have with us. And interesting, as Malachi talks about that, he talks about the fact that all of this will happen to purify the descendants of Levi. The descendants of Levi now are the Levites, the religious leaders, and one of their one of their, um, um, uh, uh, one of their uh, things that they would do uh, is that they would be the people that would collect the offerings of the people and then bring them the, to the temple to present them. That was kind of the role of the Levites. And so we hear 
about the offerings the Levites are going to present. And God wants those offerings to be pure so that those offerings create relationship. But here's the thing. The Levites are not offering their offerings. They're offering your offerings. And so what we kind of find here is a step approach. Malachi has this big vision and he takes it to the Levites. But the Levites know that they'll never present a pure offering until they take that message to the people. And that's where we come in. Now we understand that what God wants from us is for our hearts to be, well, maybe what we say is we work on the external around us. We look at what's happening around us. And that's even maybe what John was talking about in preparing the way of the Lord. I'll talk about that in just a minute. But we realize there's some external things that happen that make us a little, a little cleaner, a little purer, so that when we present our offerings to the Levites, we know we're doing so in a way to create a better relationship between us and God. And then when the Levites present those offerings, when they lift up those offerings in the temple, now we understand that we haven't fulfilled the law as much as we've turned ourselves over to what God wants from us, which is really a heart that, that is ready for, for God to do something with. It's like we take care of the external so that the internal, our hearts, can be lifted up the same way that those offerings get lifted up. And so Malachi sets the stage for all of this when John the Baptist comes on the scene. And Malachi's already told us this messenger is coming that's going to prepare the way of the Lord. And here John comes. Now as we hear Luke talk about John, there are two main places where we heard about this foretelling of a messenger. One, of course, was from Malachi. The other was from Isaiah. And so Luke quotes from the passage Isaiah, where now John talks to the people about what are we supposed to do in our own lives? How do we work this out for ourselves? And so think about the fact that when John is coming talking to the people, that John is out in the wilderness as he is inviting people out. So when people are traveling out into the wilderness, you have to wonder, what was their journey just like? When we think about our own journeys, and of course we have the beauty of, of being in Colorado, so we can go on these hikes where people have carved a path, but has anybody ever tried to get to a mountain peak and said, but I'm willing to go up that mountain peak as long as I know that there is a nice smooth path, path, no hills, no valleys to go under, and somehow I will have this beautifully maybe paved path that will allow me to stay level the whole time and somehow get to a mountain peak. That doesn't happen very often. Now there are some meadow paths that you can take that have been really well manicured and so forth, but John's out in the wilderness. For the people to come where they were to get out in the wilderness where John was, they probably had a journey that had some hills and valleys connected to it. And the path that took them there was not a straight path to where John was, but it probably had them meandering a crooked path for a little while. And what they were walking on 
certainly out in the wilderness, has not been worn smooth like the streets in town would have been, but there would be rough places that they would have managed to traverse in the midst of that. So they've made this journey of a, of a challenge to get out to John just to hear him say, now when we prepare the way of the Lord, we take all of that out of the equation. If you had a crooked way to get here, we don't want to put that barrier between you and God. Make that smooth or make that, make that straight somehow. If you had to walk over rocks and if the, if the ground under your feet was, was filled with, uh, you know, uh, ways that you had to potentially stumble, let's clear that out and make things far more clear. If you had to go over hills and down into valleys to get out here, let's smooth all of that out. That's the message that John is bringing to the people because they would know exactly what he's talking about. They would say, yes, the path you're describing is the one I took out to hear you tell me to do something about that path and somehow make it a little more, a little, a little easier for God now to come to me. And again, what John is coming to the people and talking to them about is about how they want their relationship to God to be. I want God to have total access to my life. I want God to know everything about me. I want to be able to turn myself over to God. So sometimes we have to take care of what's happening in the external around us so that we can then go to the internal. We can, we can take our very heart and lift it up, almost as if we're presenting it as an offering to God. This is a part of our Advent preparation. This is a part of what we do, is we look at the world around us and see where it's rough and, and crooked and hilly or deep. And we try to figure out, what do, I, what do I do about that? What do I create in my own life to make things a little bit smoother? Do I read a little more prophecy from the Old Testament and see how that comes into my life and I hear God speaking to me? Do I look around at my family and friends and try to create relationship there as best as I can in the midst of times when sometimes we're not as close to each other as we would like to be? Do I look at my life of generosity and understand that somehow that sense of offering does create something new within me? There are so many ways that we're called to bring ourselves to God in the midst of this time of Advent. Today, as we talk about this, know that there are so many things that you could do, but there will never be the culmination of what is supposed to happen. What you do is simply an opportunity to create a relationship between you and God. Take care of the things that are around you. Straighten them out, smooth them out. If they're rough, try to get them a little bit, a little bit easier so that when, when you think about your relationship with God, the externals will somehow be a little less rough. The internal will be a, a little more presentable. 
Lift up your hearts as an offering to God. For what God wants more than anything is to have that relationship with you. Amen.